Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V, and it's Packers Week. Here to cover Packers Week alongside me is the one, the only, the man who had a 7-5 and five record, 7 wins against the Green Bay Packers, and a 4-game win streak to end his NFL career with the Detroit Lions. The one, the only, Glover Quinn. Yeah, yeah, I like that. 7-5 and five against Green Bay. I, you know what? I think probably in my time in Detroit, we probably had a winning record against every divisional team. Yep. Definitely the Bears. Seven and five against Green Bay. I would probably have to say that we had a winning record against Minnesota. Oh, yeah. The way you played, the the picks you got against Bridgewater, against Ponder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dang, that'd be that's crazy. That's crazy. But it's a good thing. It's <laughs> absolutely a good thing. And a four-game win streak to end your time with the Lions as well. Four and oh in 2017-2018. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what? Aaron Rodgers didn't play every time, but he played a lot of them, right? And it was something about it. I mean, I remember in our worst season that I had with the, the Lions would have been 2015 season um, when we went. We started out like one and six or one and five, I think. And then we went to uh, we ended up going to Green Bay and we got a big win on the road against Green Bay. And we was had like one win, maybe two. You know, Creston Butler get a big pass breakup. He was fresh off the streets. He get a big pass breakup in the fourth quarter in the end zone. You know, we had an onside kick. I think Calvin drops the onside kick. They recover it, get a chance. Mason Crosby kicks a long field goal and misses it. And we win the game. Like we we used to own Green Bay. And it's it's starting to And we still do. I was about to say we still kind of do. It seems like the Lions own Green Bay. Swept them last year, two and oh. Both teams two and one right now. But even if you look at how they've done this year, they've both played the Falcons. Packers squeak out a victory 25-24. The Lions dominate 20 to 6. I think the Lions own Green Bay. I think they do. I mean, they, they play really well against Green Bay, home and away. Um, so I don't I don't look for that to change come come Thursday night. I think the lines are come in, you know, like I said, it's a quick turnaround when you're the, the away team because you got to travel, right? You got to get you got to get yourself going. You got to get back to work and you get that one less day, less time, I guess, because you got to travel. Green Bay doesn't have to travel. So they can get a longer day of work on Wednesday, although it's probably still going to be all walkthroughs and all of that stuff. But they can get more time, whereas the Lions got to travel. But I think they'll come in ready. I think they'll come in excited. I think they'll ride the momentum from last game right into this one. Um, I think Jared Goff feels comfortable in Green Bay. They went up there that last game of the season and got a big win. So I think they feel comfortable in Green Bay, and I think they'll come out and play that way. Bet Online is your number one source for your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or 
Use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. And it was a big game last time they played. It was Sunday night football, final game of the regular season. Lions go out and they get the W. Kirby Joseph has an interception of Aaron Rodgers. He should have had two, but it got overturned because of a penalty. Quay Walker, everyone remembers, he got ejected for shoving a referee. Two touchdowns, Jamal Williams. It was just a big game from so many Lions players. Two sacks from Aiden Hutchinson. And most notably now, the final game that Aaron Rodgers played for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, final game. And that was a big night. I remember that night. And the thing that I was most surprised, well, not surprised, but I was just glad to see was the line showed up on national TV in a game of that magnitude. And granted, you know, Seattle winning earlier in the day, you know, dropped the stakes for the Lions because they were no longer in playoff contention at the time. But Green Bay was. So Green Bay had everything to play for. And the Lions, the only thing they really had to play for was pride, winning, and stopping Green Bay to go to the playoffs. And they came out and done that on national TV when the world, I feel like, thought Aaron Rodgers was going to come out and wheel his team to a victory and beat the same old Detroit Lions. And they came out and showed otherwise. So I was excited to see that last year. I think that led to a great offseason of momentum right into a great training camp and right into an opening day. Like I said, I think Seattle just has their number right now. But what we've seen against against Kansas City, what we've seen against, you know, the Falcons last week, what we saw the last seven or eight games last year, I think this Lions team is still going to be on the road this week. The Lions have the Packers number just like the Seahawks have the Lions number. So we'll write that off. You you got to lose some of those games. Unfortunately, it's just always to the Seahawks. But with the Packers, I don't see them losing this. I think that the Packers, they're two and one. I, I misspoke earlier. They did lose to the Falcons. That's their one loss. They barely beat the Saints. It took a missed field goal and it took Derek Carr going down with a shoulder injury. Derek Carr going to be out potentially for the rest of the month. That is the only reason that the Green Bay Packers were able to come back because they couldn't stop Derek Carr in the Saints offense. He goes down. The defense starts shutting things down. It's going to be a different story against the Detroit Lions. This offense is just too explosive, barring anything, any injuries. And it looks like it's going to get some reinforcements. Taylor Decker looks like he's going to be back. He's got a chance to play. David Montgomery has a chance to play as well. So the offense that rolled against the Atlanta Falcons, well, up and down against the Atlanta Falcons, but it's going to be ha- even stronger. Right. And the good thing about Thursday night games is the fact that if you didn't come out of the game with an injury on Sunday, you're probably not going to get injured before Thursday because everything is going to be walked through and jogged through and, you know, just little light stuff. They're not going to be out there in full pass having a full on practice in such a short turnaround. So if you didn't get banged up in, in on Sunday's game, then you, you're you going to be good to go for uh, for Thursday night game. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you can come out of a Sunday game, and then we saw it last week, Trayvon Diggs go down and practice, right? Because it's a normal week. They're practicing probably pretty hard on that Thursday. This is going to be all walkthrough. So the Lions came out that game pretty healthy. I didn't really see any other injuries come about from, you know, the guys that were playing on Sunday. 
So I would look for them to be healthy from that standpoint. And then, like you said, possibly getting some of those guys back, add some more reinforcements. I think it, I think it shapes up well for Detroit. And the Packers get some reinforcements as well. It seems as though both teams held players out a little bit longer than they maybe needed to because they were preparing for Thursday. There was no way that they were going to play their first game back from injury on Sunday, make it for the turnaround on Thursday. So they saved them a little bit longer just to protect that health. And now the Packers do the same thing with Aaron Jones and Christian Watson, their star running back and star wide receiver. But... They're still going to be without the entire left side of their offensive line. No David Bakhtiari, no Elton Jenkins. So it's going to be interesting. I think the Lions are the healthier team here. Right. And I mean, and me, and me, honestly, you know, if I'm Green Bay, just because of what Aaron Jones means to that team, I've always felt like with hamstring injuries, you know, when you feel like you're ready to play to take another week, right? Just take another week just because it's, it's a it's a hamstring, it's a muscle. And I just feel like this early in the season, you know, you're two and one, the lines are two and one. So it's not like, you know, you're Minnesota in a kind of a dire straits early in the season. With a 10-day break coming up after tomorrow's game, I don't know if I play Aaron Jones tomorrow. I mean, because if you win – Great. If you don't win, okay, you go down one game early in the season. You're going to have to play the Detroit Lions again. But I think for them, having Aaron Jones healthy for the remainder of the season is more important than getting a week four win over Detroit. So if I was them, I probably would hold Aaron Jones out another week. And then he get a full 10-day break, or at least he get another weekend and then he can come back and start practicing next week because you got to think, like I said, this week has been walked through and jogged through. So when has Aaron Jones really had to open up and run game-like style and practice this week? He hasn't. So then f- for him to come out on Thursday and now you want to go 100 miles per hour in a game, it's probably not great. So I would, I, I would say sit Aaron Jones again this week then let him come back next week and get two or three days of practice, see how his body does before I put him back out there. So that could be good for the Lions if they decide to go that route. And it would be great for the Lions. We've seen how just different this offense is for the Green Bay Packers without Aaron Jones. The run game is pretty much non-existent without him there. A.J. Dillon hasn't been able to find any success early on. And the passing game's different too, because you can just check it down for Aaron Jones and he can go yard. He can take it the distance on a little check down, which is what Jordan Love has really thrived on this season. He hasn't been particularly accurate. He hasn't been completing passes at a high rate, but his receivers have the most yards after catch in the NFL. He has been letting them go the distance and do the work. So without Aaron Jones and if Christian Watson, if they hold him out with a hamstring for the same reason, that changes the offense. And it makes me wonder... What do you think of Jordan Love? Does he scare you at this point? No, he don't really scare me at this point. You know, I think those guys playing will tell you a lot how they feel about Detroit. If they feel like defensively they can hold Detroit down and not get into a scoring match with the Lions, then I don't think they'll play those guys. I think they'll feel like, hey, our defense can keep us in the game. Jordan Love can scramble around, make a couple plays here or there, do enough to get us a 17-14 win, although it's hard to hold the lines 
to 14 points, right? They're going to score 20 to 35 points a game for the most part, right? Um, now, if they feel like, hey, we're we going to need all our weapons to beat these guys, then they may put those guys back out there. And they may have them for, you know, limited roles, right? Just, hey, we're going to put you in every now and then, Aaron Jones, but we're not going to expect you to carry the ball 25 times, right? Um, we don't know. We have to see how it goes. Like I said, for me, I may put Christian Watson out there, depending on how he far he is in, in, in the recovery process. But I think Aaron Jones means way too much for this offense for them to to risk losing him for a more extended time if he's not completely, completely ready to play. And so we'll have to check out what the injury report says tomorrow. We'll get all of those inactives right before the game, including on one of your favorite Green Bay Packers, Jair Alexander. He is also questionable with a back injury. Seems he's probably going to play. But the thing with Jair, Jair Alexander, he shadows more than any other quarterback in the NFL right now, except to the slot. He does not follow wide receiver ones when they go into the slot. Hasn't shadowed Amon Ross St. Brown at any point in his career. What do you think about that? I mean, some guys don't play in the slot. You know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, it's harder in the slot. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I mean, I think, you know, we've called the corners playing on an island. And I may be wrong with with my terminology. It's been a while. But I think we should probably start calling the corners playing on like a peninsula, right? What's a peninsula? That's when you got water on three sides, right? Yeah. Right. I think we should start calling the slot the island because when you at corner, you got the sideline right there, right? You so you know the sideline is undefeated for the most part, especially nowadays with cameras and and replay, right? So you really tuck inside, and you can take away a lot of stuff at the corner position, right? When you're in the slot, you got outside, inside, over the top, screen. Like, you got everything. You have no – you got water all around you. That's an island, right? Playing in the slot, that's hard. And a lot of guys don't go in the slot. They'll stay out there at the corner. They're comfortable. They don't come in the slot. So that's why Jair is not going in there on Amon Ross St. Brown because he's going to look like a fish out of water. That's exactly what they will look like. And so he's probably going to be a non-factor this game. He's going to be on who Josh Reynolds or, you know, Khalif Raymond, right? He'll get a little to sleep and Khalif Raymond will go up top on him. And I think he'll be a non-factor. I don't know. I don't remember him being a factor in, in the Lions games last year. No, not particularly. He, for someone who talks as much as Jair Alexander does, he's awfully quiet when he plays the Lions. Yeah, because like I say, the Lions' key player right now offensively is Amon Ross St. Brown, and he don't come in the slot, so you don't get to match up with him. And that's why Amon Ross St. Brown, the first time he or second time he played Green Bay Packers in his rookie season, went for 109 yards and a touchdown. Last two times hasn't been as explosive, but the Lions have been more ball control the past two times they've played the Packers. They got up early, they ran the football with Jamal Williams, and they got the W. So I'm excited to see what happens with Amon Ross St. Brown. Also excited to see Sam Laporta against these Packers safeties. The Packers have one of the weaker defensive backfields in the NFL, something Sam Laporta is going to be looking to exploit because they're also without their middle linebacker, Devondre Campbell. Right. I think, I think Sam Laporta will continue doing what he does. I mean, 
a lot of times when you're a rookie tight end, they don't give you a lot of respect anyway just because you're a rookie. You know, you look at a lot of guys throughout the history, receiving-wise, they probably had their best years as a rookie, right? Because you're a rookie, you're fresh on the scene, they're not really game planning for you. So you're getting a lot of favorable matchups and things like that, which is great for the Lions. They're going to use it. He catches the ball. He's providing a good, reliable security blanket for, for Jared Goff. And so I like what he's doing. I, I really do. So be looking for him to definitely have another big game. And a lot of it's going to start, you know, the injury report just came. Well, I just got an injury report. Um, like you say, David Montgomery is questionable. If he's if he's able to play that run game, get to going against Green Bay, you know, that's going to open up the play action and the, the, the matchups with those linebackers. And it should be a good day for him. Yeah, the Packers defense, for as good as they were last week in the second half against New Orleans Saints, it really doesn't scare me. I know Rayshon Gary had three sacks, but he's beaten up on a sophomore offensive lineman who's essentially a rookie. It's these things. Like I read the stat sheet, and it's like, okay, that's all impressive. I'm just not scared of this Packers defense, whereas the Lions defense, I'm scared in two ways of the Lions defense. I'm scared that they could show what they did against Seattle, but I'm also scared because they can pick up turnovers in bunches if they start catching some of those interceptable passes they're getting plenty of pressure as well so what are you looking for from this Detroit Lions defense well I mean I want to see what they do if you know if Kirby Joseph is able to play um I want to see how they how they do the secondary I thought Efete and I thought Tracy looked well out there I thought they provided a physical presence in the middle of the field it looked like the Lions did some different things in the secondary to have more safeties roaming around in the middle of the field for some of those crossing routes and, and, and deep, deep dig routes and things like that. And so if Kirby Joseph is back now, what do you do? Right. You obviously probably going to start Tracy. So do you still include Ifete in the game plan or does he become kind of just like a non-factor again? Um, but I liked his physicality. I liked his size. I liked what he brought to the table. So that'd be interesting to see as well. But I just hope that they keep keep the momentum, right? Keep keep Aiden Hutchinson, you know, going after that quarterback. Stop the run game. You got to stop the run game. When you can stop the run game, it opens up more for Aiden Hutchinson and those rushers. I thought Alex Anzalone played a great game on on Sunday. He did he great tackling. Um, he just plays hard, and a lot of times you can overcome a lot of things by just playing hard. And I thought he'd done that. So. I'm looking for the Lions to continue playing hard. Like you said, we got to capitalize on some of those interception opportunities, right? I mean, you look go back to week one against Kansas City. I thought we had two interception opportunities and we didn't get any of them. And then um, we had some against um, the Falcons. And we missed those too. So I think they can do a better job and, and capitalize on those interception opportunities. And so with this Lions defense too, one of the things I've noticed is that they're kind of switching sides as well. Cam Sutton is following his wide receivers as well. It's about a 60% split where Cam Sutton is playing as the left cornerback. Jerry Jacobs playing as the right cornerback, but they're willing to flip flop those guys around. Do you think that changes if Christian Watson plays where uh, Sutton's going to follow Watson? Do you think it matters? The Lions are just going to do their thing. I mean, it could matter. And the reason why, you know, if, if, if Cam Sutton is is following guys, right, the reason why you see his numbers are more to 
left corner as opposed to right corner is because most quarterbacks are right-handed, right? So if they're right-handed, most of the time, it's easier for them to throw the ball to their right side. That's the defensive left side. So their main receiver is probably on the right side of the offense, which would be the left side of the defense. And so if Cam Sutton is, you know, shadowing the number one guy, he's probably going to be lining up on the left side of the defense most of the time. You look at most of the great corners in history, they probably play the left side. Darius Slade, left side. Richard Sherman, left side. Darrell Reeves, left side. Asante Samuel, left side. A lot of those guys play the left side because most quarterbacks are right-handed, right? Um, so, yeah, I think – I don't know if they'll do something different because if Christian Watson is really just a deep threat, I mean, you can put a safety over the top and, you know, take away and let Jerry Jacobs try to get his hands on him and slow him down and have a safety over the top, and then you can have Cam Sutton to, you know, cover – the more possession guy, the guy that's going to keep the chains going for him. And so we'll see how they try to play it. And if Christian Watson comes back, you know, I mean, he comes back off a hamstring. Now it's like, okay, well, how healthy is he? Are they really trying to send him on multiple, multiple deep routes, knowing that he's coming off of a hamstring injury? So just kind of got to see how they want to play it, what they're what they're trying to do early in the game. I'm sure they they're, they got, you know, multiple plans. Or, you know, if Christian Watson starts to get off and they're not matching, then, yeah, he probably switch on him and, and try to slow him down, whatever it takes to win the game. And Aaron Glenn's defense, we've already seen through three weeks. They've started to change it a little bit a week at a time. Less fire zones in week three, thankfully. Less defensive linemen dropping into coverage. More just coverage players doing their role. Brian Branch dominating in the slot. He's going to be up against Jaden Reed. Rookie on rookie action once again, so I'm excited to see that. I'm just excited about this game, Glover. I really... I'm confident in the Detroit Lions, especially knowing that their left side of their offensive line is just not going to be there. I'm excited. Aiden Hutchinson leads the NFL in pressures. I'm excited to see him get after it. I'm excited to see him hit Jordan Love and force it to a defender right into his arms. I'm just excited, man. Yeah, I, I am too. And, you know, as a fan, you just hope that they come out and match your excitement, right? You look at the two games that they've won, they've came out defensively and probably, you know, had good drives defensively early in the game, right? They stopped uh, Kansas City early in the game. They came out and dominated against Atlanta early in the game and kept that momentum up for the most part for Atlanta and then did enough against Kansas City. You go back to that Seattle game, Seattle went on probably an 18-play drive, the first drive of the game and scored a touchdown, right? So... I'd be interested to see how the Lions start out defensively. Do they start out locked in, focused, assignment, no errors, no penalties, no offsides, no pass interference, you know, getting them in third and long and getting off the field? Are they playing locked in football? Because they've shown over the, the you know, the three weeks, when they start out locked in, they generally play a good game. When they When they start out slow, then it's a tough game for them defensively. So, that's one thing to see. How do they start out that first drive in the first quarter? And with the Lions going into Lambeau as two-point favorites, 
That's a good news. That's very exciting for the Detroit Lions, as they should be the favorites. What is your favorite memory in Lambeau Field? Is it being a favorite and winning? Is it being an underdog and getting the upset? Is it the interception you had of Aaron Rodgers, the forced fumbles you had? What's your, your favorite memory at Lambeau uh, Field? At Lambeau Field? I probably wouldn't say just my, fav- my first time going there, obviously. Just was so cool. Um, I remember going there my first year in 2013. My ankle was probably you know, this big. I had just tore multiple ligaments in it the week before against Chicago. And that was the one thing that motivated me to play is I grew up watching Green Bay and Lambeau Field on on TV. And that was just a historic stadium that I wanted to play in. And that was my first opportunity to play in that stadium. And so I went out there and played with an ankle the size of a grapefruit, probably. Um, that was that was cool to me just to be in that stadium. But from a game perspective, you know, 2015 when we were the underdogs and we went out there and won that game, that was that was a dope moment. And then the last game of my career was against Green Bay. We ended up beating them 31-0 in Green Bay on Lambeau Field. That was the last field that I got an opportunity to run on and run off. And so that was uh that was a great moment for me. Um, so yeah, those are probably my greatest memories. For uh, Lambeau Field. And that was the celebra- celebratory cigar afterwards, if I, my memory is yeah. correct. Yeah, right in front of Lambeau's, right in front of the stadium. Perfect. A perfect send-off for a perfect career. And hopefully a perfect game tomorrow for the Detroit Lions. Any final things that you're looking at? Any big takeaways for Lions versus Green Bay? Like I said, I just want to see how the Lions come out defensively. If they come out good I think that keeps them in the game. Whether they offense start out fast or slow, I think those guys will get going either way. But defensively, can they start fast? Can they take the momentum from this last game and show that they're a mature team and stack good games up back-to-back, right? We've seen a good game against Kansas City, not-so-good game against Seattle, a good game against Atlanta. Can we start stacking good performances defensively? That's what I'll be looking for. And then – for Green Bay, seeing what are they trying to do? Are they going to play Aaron Jones? Are they going to play Christian Watson? How much are they going to try to use those ga- those guys? So I'll be interested to see that, and I think that will have a lot to do with it. Obviously, we know the game is one up front, so they're missing the whole left side. We got to get Aiden Hutchinson going. We got to get those guys going. You know, the the, the interior D-lineman got to continue to stop the run. You know, we don't want them to try to take the Seattle game plan and lean heavily on A.J. Dillon and try to just bully us and things like that. We got to shut that down. So I look for the D-line to have a big day. Taylor Decker's coming back, solidify the O-line. We get back to being the bullies. And I just look for it to be a good night in Green Bay for the Detroit Lions. Lions favored by two in Green Bay. Any final score thoughts, any score predictions? You know what? My score predictions have been pretty bad this year so far because it's so, you know. But given Green Bay's track record, they were down 17 nothing against the Saints at half. They they lost to the Falcons after being up. They gave up 25 points to the Falcons. So I think defensively they struggled a little bit. So I think the Lions will put up at least – 31 points, at least 31. And I think Green Bay, 
you know, they'll be at home. You know, they've shown the ability to score. They came back and beat the Saints last week. So I would give them 17. So I'm going to go 31-17 Lions. 31-17 the Detroit Lions in an absolute blowout in Green Bay. 10 days off to rest and recover before they face, I believe, the Carolina Panthers, if my memory serves me correct, with a banged up Bryce Young. But before we get to all of that, we will see next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.